Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. We're sometimes fortnightly, we're sometimes monthly. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. You're back. Welcome back. God, yeah. It didn't occur to me that I haven't recorded with you since before I went away. Yeah. We had Jaya Finnegan a few weeks ago. Lovely to hear mm-hmm. Jaya's voice on my trip back. And, yeah, uh, bring the hype. Think on your feet. There was, yeah. Last week? Yeah, last week. Last week at the time that we think this episode is going to come out, as we yeah. do some time travel. Now, you know in, in games, Peter, sometimes someone has to carry the other person. <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling really ill, so I'm going to really oh, need you to no. carry me. Okay, today. right. We'll see what I'm just going to say that up front. If anyone is like, man, Frank's takes were even more lukewarm than usual, <laughs> I blame the disease that is ravaging my body. They've been contaminated moving up your sore throat. A little, yeah. a little sore take has popped out your mouth. Exactly, yeah. And actually as well, I was thinking about this as I was getting ready. I thought, what is the best card that can describe what is going on inside me? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. have I been struck by a vicious blow Nice in my guts? Or is it just the art on emergency aid is how I feel internally right now? Anyway, it's pretty rotten what's going on. So if I sound particularly out of it, listener... That's why. But card reveals wait for no man. So we're here and we do have a card to preview from, I was about to say the Scarlet Keys, but no, it's the Feast of Hemlock Vale Investigator expansion for players. We have a card to show off. Yes. Um, Just quickly before that, my understanding is this isn't the start of preview season. Some people have said to me, well, if you're previewing cards, it must be a preview season. I believe this is like a pre-preview season. To, to go with the week the of kind of, horrors? Yeah, yeah. That 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 was my... Isn't it a month of horrors? Was it a week of horrors? Oh. I think it's a week. Like, the last week of October is their week of Arkham... Yes. Week no. of Arkham week of horrors. Week of Arkham horrors. Yes. Arkham horror week of horrors. Yeah. Yes. So, so we don't know what else is planned in terms of reveals that week, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, we, we made this caveat often during proper spoiler season last year, which is that we don't know... We don't know what other cards have been revealed, so there might be yeah. hot takes we're missing out on, <laughs> not knowing mm. what, what else has been shown off already. But this is really a double reveal as well, because we're revealing a card and we're also revealing a new keyword, which I'm like, why am I excited about that? I've reached a new low that <laughs> a bit of rules text is going to be excited. There's no one who listens to this cast who doesn't think, who wouldn't have been able to say you would be excited about revealing a new keyword. Yeah, right? exactly. That's <laughs> this true. Is exactly That's on true. brand. <laughs> <laughs> what are the ramifications of these words? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we hope you're as excited as we are. Should we dive in? Yeah. Who, whose turn is it? Do you, do you want me to take the lead reading the card if you're to save your throat? You, you know what? I thought yesterday, I bet you're going to ask me whose turn is it. Yeah. Did you go back and listen? And I thought, should I go back and check? And then I thought, no, it won't matter. You, I think I think you can start us off. Okay, bro. But then let's, let's you know, reset the clock. Okay. And we'll... Uh, we'll, we'll Which means that you is... get to go first again. <laughs> After every time you re- reveal a card, you say, let's reset the clock. <laughs> then, Whose turn is no, it? Oh, I, I think it's mine. Yeah. <laughs> I meant for the feast. This is the general feast reset. Okay. So cool. we just move yeah. from this point on. And obviously I go first because I'm second alphabetically. And you work from yep. the back of the alphabet to the front. Brill, right. We have a guardian card. It is, mm. uh, to the best of our knowledge, having done some quick pronunciation research beforehand Ofuda what, do, do we want to describe what it is first Frank yes because we did look it. this up you go, go ahead yeah. the art is 
a hand holding up several slips of paper with Japanese characters on them. And we went and looked up what Ofuda is, and that <laughs> Ofuda literally means slip of paper. And there are <laughs> talisman made out of various materials such as paper, wood, cloth, or metal. And they're normally meant to have some kind of um, religious imbuement and or might be, you know, protection against misfortune or things like that. So, yeah, we're straying into realms where my knowledge is certainly very slim. Yeah. So it's quite exciting. Yeah, yeah. I think talisman is probably a good sort of rough translation um, okay. in, in terms of intent. But yeah, yeah. Uh, of, Ofuda, is, if we're pronouncing that wrong, uh, please write in and let us know. Uh, mm-hmm. But this is a two-cost guardian asset, zero, so level zero, no experience pips. It has a single willpower icon, and it has mm-hmm. the item, charm, and blessed traits. Text says, uses one charge. Replenish this charge the first time a blessed token is revealed at your location each round. And then a free trigger. Choose a non-elite enemy at your location and spend one charge. That enemy loses the alert, aloof, elusive, and, and retaliate keywords until the end of the round. Takes up no slot. Yeah, noticeably absent in my description was any slots. Mm, no slots. And it's, it's a really nice picture, actually. Kate Swayze. Mm. I think you were saying just before we started. Good job, Kate. It's good. Yeah, I had a look on ArkhamDB and there's no other entries for Kate Swayze. Ah. So maybe new new artist for Feast of Hemlock Vale. I think it's a good composition for a card as well. Really, like, focuses your eye on the art. Yes, it does. Helped by the massive glowing circles. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so what, what, what do you reckon, Frank? What do I reckon? My gut reaction and it isn't just because it's a two cost guardian asset is that this would straying immediately into riot whistle territory oh yeah yeah that's my feel okay, for it yeah, yeah is yeah, it yeah. looks like a pretty straight up and down simple card and yet also it gets me quite excited about all the nooks and crannies and edge case uses that you could find for this card because really it's got four separate abilities which is removing alert removing aloof removing elusive and removing retaliate because the chance of having an enemy with all four is pretty slim. Yes. I'd kind of like to see that enemy. And so, yeah, then you're deciding, do I want a card that can deal with that thing? Mm. Which is not a question I've asked myself before. Now, Frank, I want to come back to what you just said, but you did say a keyword there that I, I didn't know exactly what it does. Mm. Should, we, yeah. should, we, should we dig into that a little bit? Elusive? Yeah. Let's do Elusive. Well, you've read the card, so should I read the rule? Well, there's been some speculation that Elusive is like the reverse of Hunter, so enemies yeah. move away from you. The Kind of a spin on the patrol keyword. Yeah. Uh, but you can finally give us the truth, right? I can, yeah. So Duke at FFG was very kind to send us the exact rules for this, and I'll post these as well everywhere I post things like this for everyone to read. Elusive. If a ready enemy with the Elusive keyword attacks or is attacked, after that attack resolves, that enemy immediately disengages from all investigators, moves to a connecting location with no investigators if able, and exhausts. This effect occurs whether the enemy was engaged with the attacking investigator or not. So they basically play the card elusive? Yeah, yeah. I I like this because it's it's a keyword that is the same name as a card, which is confusing. However, they have had the grace to make the <laughs> the keyword work almost exactly like how the card works. Disengage, run away. Yes. <laughs> Particularly the tabooed elusive. Notably with this, the enemy needs to be ready 
when you do this. So if you're attacking an exhausted enemy, elusive is turned off. Obviously, if you kill the enemy, elusive triggers after the attack resolves, so yes. it wouldn't trigger. So if you've got anything about, I don't know, an enemy with clues on it, an elusive that drops its clues on its location, if you kill it where you are, it, it drops them. And then, yeah, I love the fascinating last detail where if I attack someone engaged with you, Peter, it's almost though I could be getting them off you before the enemy phase because they then run away. So there's a, a really curious element, I suppose, of interactivity. Yeah. Of like, oh, oh no, I can't get this enemy off me. Like, okay, well, if I can just punch it, it will run away. I mean, we need to understand what elusive what elusive enemies look like. So, like, mm. an enemy with aloof, like, it's easy to, 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 to think that elusive sounds like quite a positive keyword, right? Mm. However, aloof also sounds like a positive keyword, and we know how bad enemies with aloof are. We're both naturally fairly optimistic <laughs> players of Arkham, but I think realistically what elusive is conjuring, for me anyway, is an idea of enemies that really need to be cleared yeah, out. Yeah, they accumulate doom, like a Wizard of the Order type enemy. Yeah, exactly. If this enemy is alive at the end of the enemy phase, add a doom to it or something like that. Yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. great. I'll move there. I'll hit it. And I'm going to need to hit it twice. But then you move there, you hit it. It runs away. Oh, for goodness sake. You know, or say there's an enemy that's, if this enemy is at an unrevealed location, it does a thing. And so it just keeps running away from you. A location without investigators or something like that. Yeah. Exactly, which elusive helps it get to. It yes. does the thing. So yeah, straight away I'm thinking it probably adds a similar action tax to aloof. I'm not exactly sure about how much of a similar action tax, but that idea of I need to move into a location, then I need to engage, then I can attack the enemy. Elusive is a similar thing here. And actually it's then reminding me of things like beat cop or other ways of doing damage that aren't attacks. Attacks, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Really useful for aloof, but then also really useful for this because it only triggers off being it attacking and then running away or being attacked. And Stunning Blow, obviously, one of the best cards in Arkham. There's a kind of thing here as well. The elusive can, doesn't just trigger in the enemy phase. So if you take an attack of opportunity from a ready enemy with elusive... It runs off. It runs off. Yeah. So if your plan is, I don't know, play this weapon and then I'll start killing this nuisance enemy. Like, imagine an elusive hunter. It hunts in, hits you in the enemy phase. It then exhausts because it has hunter. But then when it readies again and hits you, it then runs off. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, yeah, really annoying. Right, back to the card. Yeah, so uh, I think what you were saying was spot on, Frank. It's almost like a silver bullet, but it's, mm -hmm. it's a very wide silver bullet. It's, it's very flexible as far as silver bullets go. I don't know, does that, Silver does that... shotgun shell. Yeah. <laughs> so pretty much all of the... It doesn't... Hunter is the keyword that's missing, but I don't mm -hmm. know how this would work with Hunter because you didn't meet your location anyway. Yeah. And Massive isn't there, but yeah. probably more for theme reasons, the idea of turning off Massive. Makes... Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's probably not that sense. many non-elite Massive enemies anyway, right? Maybe? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Anyway. But, but in terms of the awkward keywords to work around... They're all there. Alert, aloof, mm -hmm. elusive, and retaliate. So, alert can be a nightmare. <laughs> mm -hmm. it, we know how, how dangerous retaliate can be. Retaliate is one of those keywords where you're like, okay, well, we have to evade it before we do anything. Yeah. There are some... Am I, am I right in saying the Harbinger has retaliate and alert? Yeah. yeah. So, this gets both of them. Although, mm -hmm. that's probably elite though, isn't it? Harbinger probably is. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, like, they're all awkward keywords... But mm -hmm. like you say, you don't often get an enemy with one of them. 
But having a card that hits all of them means that you only need to pack that. And then for any kind of keyword heavy campaign, you're, you're sort of sorted. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Maybe even scenario by scenario, this targets different keywords depending on what the scenario is asking of you. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking in Carcosa where when you go into Echoes of the Past, there are aloof cultists that are a real nuisance to track down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But later in that campaign, you've got big enemies with Retaliate. The spawn of Harley, I'm pretty sure, have Retaliate and Forefight. So they're the kind of enemies that can turn a scenario from going okay to going pretty badly with just a couple of missed swings. Yeah, so yeah. This card could be doing double duty across a campaign. And almost like Right Whistle is useful in that you can engage enemies that are engaged with other investigators as well as engaging aloof enemies. Mm-hmm. Probably aloof is the, yeah. the, the, the smaller... Down, or countering the smaller downside of Riot Whistle. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. I know why you made the comparison, but a kind of direct mechanical comparison, there's a mm-hmm. bit of a difference between these two cards. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah it is. That said, some enemies, uh, some some campaigns, some scenarios, are so lousy with aloof enemies, they're everywhere, that this, this yeah. could be a fantastic silver bullet. And then you could probably find enough uses across the rest of the campaign to justify mm-hmm. it. Well, and War of the Outer Gods is my favourite Riot Whistle scenario because the the warring cults have aloof cultists. Yeah. And there are definitely retaliate enemies in that scenario as well. So again, this could do double duty for that. I feel like alert and retaliate are two keywords that often the way I turn them off is like you say, either evade the enemy first, which doesn't work for alert, or just have a high enough skill. And yeah. this is just another way of saying, well, hang on, you don't need to worry about going high enough that you're pretty confident you'll pass this test. Mm-hmm. Particularly, actually, if I'm attacking an enemy engaged with someone else, there's that double risk of the enemy retaliates on me, but I also accidentally hit you. So just being able to remove some of that seems nice. And then it feels like aloof and elusive. They're not they're, they're the ones that are going to be taxing you actions rather than giving you damage and horror. And so this potentially is a card that saves you actions. I walk into a location with an aloof enemy, I spend a charge fast, the aloof enemy is now no longer aloof, so it automatically engages me and I can then attack it. I've saved one action. Yeah. And similarly with elusive, I use the charge so that I hit it once and it doesn't run away and I don't have to then spend an action chasing it. So yeah, it's kind of, I think Silver Bullet is right, that it gives you lots of different options for dealing with these different enemy types and smooths out some of the wrinkles that enemies might have in terms of making things difficult. Now, of course, it only comes with one charge. Use is one charge. Yeah, yeah. There was two things I wanted to say here. I want to talk about the charge, and I want to talk about the recharge. Uh, which mm. which which direction should I go first? Um, start with the charge, and then see if you can recharge it. Well, it's sort of... They, they dovetail a little bit. Mm. It uses charges. So anything which regenerates or adds charges can put charges on this card. So if Akachi can play it, which she can because it uses charges, mm-hmm. it comes into play with two charges on it. Yeah. And we've seen quite a few... We saw... The, the spoiler card we have seen is the Wicked Thami, is it called? That's right, yeah. And that allows us to put a charge on an asset. I think there's quite a few other effects that also let us put, you know, charges on. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all sorts of stuff out there. Sinita, for instance. And as you said just before we started... Uh, Amina can take this card because it's got the charm trade. Yeah. So th- there's quite a few ways of adding charges to it. And there's nothing that stop you just stacking up charges on it and using one of them. It's just the last mm-hmm. charge that will be re- will replenish. Yes. I don't think we've had replenish clarified yet 
explicitly, but the working yeah. understanding is you obviously can't replenish above what's printed on the card. Yes. Because it's replenish, it's not just add charges. Yeah, if I think back to Netrunner, you had recurring, well, I think it was credits. usually recurring credits, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. They would always regenerate back up to the number listed on the card. But if you were above that number, there was no no replenishment took place. Yeah. So if you've got two charges and you spend one of them, you can't say, well, I spent the regenerated charge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, we've seen replenish. I'm glad you mentioned Wicked Athami. I, I wonder if we're going to see even more replenishing. And I'm really excited to see that as a style explored mm-hmm. rather than like just pile loads more charges on things. It's more like keep your spell or your weapon with ammo, whatever it is in play, and then replenish what it started with, reload it. Cool. Like notably, you could have this card exhaust, right? If, mm-hmm. if, if, like instead of using one charge, you could just have it exhaust and then not ready and then ready when a certain condition occurs. Yeah that would be less flexible than the way it works, which is that you can stack it up with additional charges. So you could have a situation where, you know, you're going to have a number of enemies appearing, which Mm -hmm. are going to be challenging or retaliating or alerting or whatever whatever it is they're doing. And you can stack this up with some charges in advance and then blast them all. Because the card doesn't exhaust. It's just a free trigger. You could spend five charges off it to lose every enemy at your location. You can just cancel retaliate across the board. Yeah, notably you can't recharge this as in playing the event recharge because that calls out a spell or relic, ah. which this isn't. Yeah. Which is fascinating, right? That the that, that card actually has a more narrow application than I would have expected. Mm. But yeah, yours your you case already. <laughs> yeah. And Wicked Athame notably uses the word replenish as well. Oh, does it? That's interesting. Yeah. So Wicked Athame wouldn't be a way of like building this up before uh-huh. you need to use it. Okay, cool. That's interesting. Use the charge, replenish, use the charge. Yeah. I think your Akachi play is probably the strongest line there. Yeah. Was there not something else? And Sinita. Yeah. Sinita's Sinita's move one doom from an asset you control to Sinita, then either ready that asset or place one charge on it. Yeah. So you'd have to play this with Amina to get a doom on it to then Sinita it. Yeah. 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 Yes, so that's interesting. Uh, did you have something you wanted to add? Well, I was I was going to move us on to the actual replenishment condition. Yeah, right. So this this I think is interesting. So if mm-hmm. we if do you mind if I jump in, Frank? Yeah, well, read got, out the condition again. Just hot remind take us primed in the yeah. chamber. Replenish this charge the first time a blessed token is revealed at your location each round. So I think fire away. If we if we go back to the first time bless and curse appeared, the Innsmouth conspiracy. Mm-hmm. I think the bless effects were the less were the were the, the less that is the right word the the, the fewer interesting of the two <laughs> the less interesting <laughs> of the two was was bless because mm-hmm. largely bless was its own reward in the card pool mm-hmm. there were some cards that sealed or released bless cards for particular effects which is which mm-hmm. is nice so rite of sanctification or hollow is like that that you just you take ten bless out the bags that right. Yeah, but there was there was I would say fewer cards that trigger off revealing those uh, the bless the bless tokens, unlike curse which had quite a number of cards that triggered when you revealed a particular token. Mm-hmm. So you know what's it called? Skull of the Eons? No, what's it called? Yeah, it's Curse called? of Eons. Curse of Eons. That's curse it. Eons, yeah. It has a skull on it. Yeah, it's got a skull. On it. Spooky skull. It's Spooky Skull Two. After um, <laughs> God, I can't remember the spookening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you had um, Arm Apocalypse, the Mystic <laughs> Asset, and uh, Eye of Chaos, I think, is the, yeah. the, the clue-finding one. Mm-hmm. 
It, so so they, they all they all had an effect that triggered when you drew a curse token. So you could build a deck that did interesting things, and it got a discount from those cards. That means you put uh, curse tokens in the bag. So mm-hmm. your uh, you know Faustian bargain. Faustian bargain. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. yeah. And then you could get their extra effects when you triggered drawing them. But like Bless was more expensive to put in the bag because it's its its own reward. Mm-hmm. Plus the the triggering events weren't as interesting. It was mainly mm-hmm. kind of remove that many from the bag or seal some and then release them slowly or something like that. Yeah, it was often spend the Bless. In Guardian in particular, Bless was a, a, an extra resource. You know, you're like, take these tokens for other things. Think of Nephthys, spend yeah. these tokens as damage. Uh, holy spear as well seal them on the spear then send them for damage they were just a currency that system yeah. Ari and other guardians would be playing with and i think the interesting cards because you had to flesh out the card pool with a number of cards that put blessed tokens in the bag and mm-hmm. you didn't have that restriction with the curse tokens there was more space to explore curse than there was bless mm-hmm. so you didn't need an equivalent of like keep faith for curse because Curse could be built into the cards that used Curse or, or built in as a discount to cards that did yeah. something else. So I think there's there's an element now when we revisit Bless, and obviously each cycle has to stand alone, but when we revisit it, there is already some of the infrastructure in place for Bless and Curse that they can mm-hmm. draw on. And also there's the kind of the mechanical learning from what's happened in the past and the, the, the idea of how you can balance it. I think one of the issues with Bless is if you build... Because it's already its own reward. If you build too many positive effects on top of it, bless just becomes too good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you tip the balance between how much you have to cost, to, how much you have to pay, how much it costs to put bless tokens in the bag, and what your payoff is for drawing, drawing them. Mm-hmm. And we've seen the tabooing of ancient covenant. Yes. Uh, in part, I think, as a response to that, if you just flood the bag with bless, and then everyone can auto succeed tests. Yeah. It's almost too strong at that point, yeah. one, one could argue. Same with the Watchful Peace, the idea of just continually skipping Mythos phases. It had to be kind of curbed. So, yeah, it makes sense. So this is all a very long walk to say, I think a card which like this that triggers off revealing a blessed token, I don't think we've actually seen that exact effect before. Mm. I could be wrong, but I don't think anything triggers off revealing a blessed token in the same way. Jacob Morrison. Yes, he does. And yeah. actually maybe does... What does the Rosary do again when you draw a Bless token? The Holy Rosary, level two. Yeah. That adds Blesses when oh, you bless. pass a willpower test. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, J- Jacob, maybe maybe there's, maybe there's one or two more. Jacob's an interesting comparison here, because Jacob has a reaction. After a Bless token is revealed from the Chaos Bag, during a skill test you are performing, ready Jacob Morrison. Mm. Whereas Ofudar is replenish this charge the first time a Bless token is revealed at your location each round. Doesn't care about if it's in a skill test or not. Doesn't care about if it's you doing or not. It's just yeah. if anyone pulls a bless out of the bag, you can get the charge back on off with that. Yeah. Which is, I think, really nice. It's actually reminding me of Nipple Jewel, Gift of the Homunculi. <laughs> yeah. Where you've said, you know, that idea that someone is going to pull a special symbol. Yes. The Jewel of Aureolus. And you're going to get the effect from it. Yeah. And I would say, certainly in four-player, playing a heavy bless team, someone is going to pull a bless each turn. I even have data for when I played solo Mateo on Think On Your Feet for how often I pulled bless. And it's regularly. Yeah. It's multiple times. So that's, I think, worth bearing in mind. I think some people will pan this card because it only has one charge and you only get the charge back if you pull a bless. Mm -hmm. And other people will say, this card is great because you could spend this every turn. Yes. 
<laughs> and both are right. <laughs> I mean, you could potentially spend two a turn, even if you don't do any GG poker, you're putting extra charges on it. Yeah. So you could spend yeah. a charge, and then you pull a blessed token, and then you could spend a charge again. Yeah. If you're in a really dire situation. <laughs> the first test in Mythos, you could spend the charge in the free trigger window in that test before any tokens are revealed. Mm. This one's not aloof anymore. Great. Cool. Okay. You know, it's engaged with you now. Okay, draw your token. Oh, you've drawn a blessed. I've got a charge. <laughs> I'd also, just as a, a smaller point, I will definitely be thinking about this card for my face check playthrough of the Feast of Hemlock Vale. We know Elusive is coming. And yeah. certainly if I'm playing multiplayer, the idea that I might have some tech for a new keyword that will help with that, mm-hmm. I think is really important. In the same way that I'd say anyone face checking the Scarlet Keys should think about auto clue or auto damage. I think, I mean, it's early to make a prediction like this, but I think having a tech card like this could be really useful. Yeah. Do we want to mention Kahaku, who might be able to take blessed cards? Yeah, sure. And, and and remind us what uh, Kahaku's ability is. So I want to say at the start of the round, but it might be at the start of your turn. can't 100% remember because Kahaku's not been fully revealed. You either put a bless or a curse into the bag whichever there's fewer of, mm-hmm. or you can remove two of each to take an extra action. So Kahaku has a steady way of dripping bless into the bag, mm-hmm. albeit one every two turns, which could be nice. And Kahaku has this lovely rounded stat line of 4431, so can do some fighting, might be using spells as well, mm-hmm. could be fulfilling that somewhat generalist role. Yeah. I, weirdly as well, I think maybe because Parallel Jim just came out, I wondered about this in Jim as well, as a one of his splash. Yeah. And if you're doing this kind of Jim can turn his hand to multiple things. Like, it's su- it's such a toolboxy card, isn't it? I mean, that that's silver bullets normally fit into a toolbox, don't they? And and this, to me, screams that. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I just think it's a really useful card. If you've got... An, and it's very flexible... <laughs> It, it could go on any character. It's not tied yeah. to any any stats, mm-hmm. and it impacts that enemy for the whole team. Mm-hmm. And it takes no slot. And it takes no slot. So, I just it, you it's could all run round. it in your like primary fighter. You could run it in someone who has access to garden but does nothing to do with enemies. A- absolutely, yeah. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah. So, so you could, yeah. you know, I thought Daniela, Daniela popped into my head, my head. Mm-hmm. But yeah, then I'm like, nice. well, yeah. she doesn't actually. She doesn't need to take it. <laughs> you could put yeah. it on the seeker. You know, Rex could take it, and then Rex deals with the enemies, and then Danielle beefs them when uh, uh, when they lose aloof yeah. or whatever. Speaking of aloof enemies, Tony Morgan's weakness, the little deep one that could, yeah, that <laughs> that is aloof, and that's the other thing where this card is useful is not simply with enemies that a campaign might throw at you or a specific scenario, but enemies that you have in your deck. I don't think there are many basic weaknesses that are scary with Retaliate, so that's it's not a major issue, but certainly having aloof enemies to deal with that have Doom on, like the Deep One, this is really nice. Tony can't take this card, but someone else could and could then help with it. I think generally having someone on the team who can just, yeah, it's toolboxy. <laughs> I'm making the same point again, but it bears consideration once you've seen what everyone's weaknesses are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Anything more you'd like to add at this point? I don't think so. I mean, we mentioned that the the, the traits mean that Matteo and Amina can take the card. So that's mm-hmm. nice. It's always nice to have a willpower yeah. icon on a card, especially one that 
you might have taken two of, but you only need one of. Willpower yeah. icons are really nice in Guardian in that exact circumstance. Yeah. Yeah, I just think it's a really nice rounded card. It's not super sexy. I said yeah. when, when we got sent it, it was a good one to talk about because of those two, both the ability and also the, the kind of recharging of it. Um, yeah. yeah. And hopefully I've been vindicated. People have enjoyed listening to talk listening to us talk about it. If you want to see the card, Peter's going to post it on our socials. Yes. We're going to post the elusive rules as well around the place. I'll get adding them to Arkham DB as well. Have keep your eyes peeled for other places that are now previewing cards. I believe Mythos Busters are previewing an investigator. Oof. So keep an eye out for that. And yeah, if you want to get in touch with us, we're drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. We're drawn to the flame on Facebook, X. I don't think either of us go on X anymore. <laughs> no. <Signed> by humans. <laughs> and Patreon. Thank you so much to all our patrons. And if you want to become a patron, please do. Peter, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, yeah, be a nightled in most places. That's U-N-I-T-L-E-D. I'm on uh, Discord and Blue Sky and Steam. And I'm on Instagram as D.Unitled. Uh, so yeah, if you see me around, please say hello. How about you, Frank? I'm on Blue Sky as F-B. F-E-B? F-B. Pretty sure it's F-B. And then around the places, Zooey Glass and Zozo. Please say hi too. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you.